0: This is actually the, the very end of it. <clears throat> so one of the, the last really interesting points about this is um, that you know, St. Paul has this whole section about the Eucharist, and then he moves right into the church, the body of Christ. And kind of the theological point that, that comes from that transition is that the church actually comes from the Eucharist. There's a really famous papal document called Ecclesia de Eucharistia, the Church from the Eucharist, that that literally the Eucharist is the lifeblood of the church. This is what we live from. And Paul goes into this discussion of the the body with the many parts. So in the early church, some of the earliest um, patristic documents the, the Didache is, is one of them, and then also you find it in the letters of Saint Ignatius. So like, this is before the year 110. We're talking about crazy early church. In those documents, they oftentimes use this image of the church that is like the wheat that was gathered from the field, that it was taken from all of these different heads of grain um, everybody had to die to themselves. They were all chopped down, ground up, and then made into this bread. They were united as one, and then transformed into the body of Christ. And so, with that image, you can you can kind of think that you know, St. Paul has that image almost underlying that transition that we have the the Eucharist being united to the the different parts of the body of Christ that were all different and were made up into one body of Christ. And this is actually something that the church kind of forgot about, really the the forgetting, at least in the United States, started mid-1800s and it became a serious problem all the way up until um, kind of the, the 1970s. This is the only time I'm ever going to praise what happened in the church in the 1970s. Everybody I'm going to write this down. Right? Mm-hmm. There was a, a renewal that came specifically from the, the Second Vatican Council on the importance of the different roles of people in the church. From 1850 until about 1970, there was this assumption that, well, the priests and the religious, they're the ones that do the stuff that the church does. Everybody else sits in the pews, puts money in the basket, and says their rosary, and that's it. That is not how the church functions. We are all members of the body of Christ. Equally members of the body of Christ. And it's actually our job as the church to make it exceedingly clear to the world that we can be different but everybody is still important. One of the big things that we're fighting right now, and it's my opinion that it's because the church failed to live this for those 120 years, that the battle that we're fighting is a misunderstanding of the the difference of the concepts of equality and same. Can you be equal in value and different? Most of the world right now is saying no. If you're different, you have different value. Therefore, we have to say that everybody is the same. Everybody is the exact same. Everybody does the same things. Everybody has to talk the same way. Everybody has to hold the same ideas. Everybody has to be the same. The same, the same, the same. Everybody has to have the same education. Everybody has to. It's this obsession with everything being the same. Because they think that if we aren't the same, then one person will be of higher value or dignity than the other. And what Paul is saying here is that, yeah, there's an order, right? First Apostles, Second Prophets, Third teachers. But it's not about who's kind of first in this order. Everyone is of equal importance and of equal value, but have different roles. And that's something that we failed to live as a church for at least 120 years, and that now we're dealing with the entire world not recognizing that, and coming up with all sorts of crazy stuff that's destructive to society as a whole. I need to spell out all the ways that people are thinking that like if you're not the same, then you're equal. Is everybody kind of following that? Are you kind of looking at me like, probably have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> I think most people are getting it. If you don't know what I'm talking about, ask a friend. <laughs> so the point is, like how does this actually apply to your life right now? That person sitting in the pew next to you or wherever they may be that's different than you, it shouldn't cause a jealousy or a comparison or a competition. The fact that they're different than you should actually make you kind of happy. You should be like, good, you got that covered. You got being you covered. I'm going to be me. And if I be me and you be you, then actually we're gonna be the body of Christ a lot better. Because I'm gonna be worse worse at being you than you are, and you're gonna be worse at being me than I am. And so let's all just kind of stay in our lanes. Let's be the piece of grain that we're supposed to be. Let's be the cell of the body that we're each supposed to be so that the body can function as a whole. And the fact that you're a different cell than I am doesn't mean that one of us has greater value than the other. We both are who we are, we each have our roles, and our job is to fulfill that role.